bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, the Chicago. Bum, da-da-da-da-dum. Bum, da-da-da-da-dum. Bum, da-da-da-da-dum. Bum, da-da-da-da-dum. Bum, da-da-da-da-da. Come on, Dan. Everyone, welcome to the Wheel of Dan Movies podcast. Thank you for indulging in that bit of theme malarkey. It's becoming a running theme on this podcast. Um, in case you didn't know, there's a new Indiana Jones movie coming out this week. Um, also, I'm your host, Ian Patterson. Forgot to mention that. You already know this by now. Uh, Dan's with me today. Say hi, Dan. Hello, Dan. <laughs> this is there's some real mischief going on here. Yeah, started this yeah, there's new Indiana... worst jokes ever. Yeah, there's a new Indiana Jones movie coming out this week at the time of recording. I'm going to aim to get this one turned around super quickly. Um, Dial of Destiny. And I think we've all been doing our little Indiana Jones rewatches ahead of the film coming out. And originally, I had planned to do Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade solely for the podcast. Because I think The Last Crusade is probably the most uh, dad movie vibes of the entire indie series. However, a change occurred listeners as i did my uh, indiana jones rewatch this year and not no, i just want to preface all of this by saying that from one to four there are no bad indiana jones movies i've not seen dial destiny yet um i think the original three are on a whole other plane but kingdom of the crystal skull is still a good time the first three are all fantastic there is very very little that separates them however growing up indiana jones the last crusade was always like far away my favorite it was always my dad's favorite as well it's the one that we always used to love the most and it's obviously because it's a story about fathers and sons and it's a beautiful thing and it's really really cool um but i rewatched all of them over the last two weeks and came away from temp- my temple of doom rewatch a-, a movie that i always thought was like oh you know i like temple of doom but i don't love temple of doom and i came away from it in love I think it's a masterpiece and I, it was kind of an amazing thing and then I came out of my last crusade rewatch thinking oh this is still great but it's not as good as the first two so it's kind of an interesting recalibration going on here obviously this is all gonna be really positive because we love these movies uh I know Dan is shaking his head in in the dark abyss of his that was a little right shaking now. yeah um but this is all coming from a place of love I absolutely adore Indiana Jones we all love Harrison Ford here and we love dad movies you know he's kind of the definitive dad movie actor so of course we do and what i think we're gonna do here is i'm gonna bring up my rankings of the movies we're gonna go one by one so we'll start from four dan and okay. then we'll go down to one so and then we'll just what talk you... our way through each one yeah i mean do you have an indiana jones origin story you want to share i feel like it's kind of like this is a this is a franchise that's so like ubiquitous that it's well, obviously people will have unique stories of how they came into contact with Indiana Jones, but like Star Wars, for me, Indiana Jones has just always existed. I yeah, don't know about it's, you. it's kind of a boring as shit answer, but I just feel like it's always been around. Like, I, I, I think I may have seen Last Crusade first, but I'm not sure. And I remember the first time I watched through them all was 
I had the VHS collection. There was like a box set that was all three VHSs in a big box for the first three movies. And I used to watch them a lot, mainly Last Crusade. Um, and then obviously Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, as did probably most of you who are listening. I saw that in the cinema when I was 15, 2008 it was? I was 15? I, I was think. 12. I was 12. Yeah. It was a great we were, time. We little little children. Just little boys. Just just, just little, little kids guys. who enjoyed a bit of Indiana Jones, a bit of archaeology, a bit of fighting bad guys. And I'm still yep. about as mature as I was then. <laughs> I I think I know where your ranking lies, and it's different to mine. Yes, I know for a fact it'll be different to yours because yeah. I've seen your yeah. letterboxed reviews. Yeah. Um, but this is fun because I I've got a mission today, Dan Greamer, and that is to make you appreciate the movie that I think you least appreciate more. I have I a lot of the times I can't talk. I a lot of times say I have hot takes that probably are, are pretty cold. And I just like to think they're hot takes, so I consider myself brave. Uh, I have a what I consider. There's no way people do not consider this an Indiana Jones hot take. <laughs> okay, and it's I, I, it'll come up at the right time. Okay, but just a little tease. Well, let's let's start. Let let's let's start, shall we? Right. Okay. Numero quattro, number four. I have Indiana Jones: The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I, I mean that's yeah. I, does 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 anyone not think that? Well, I mean, you need to tell me yours. Is it is it crystal? It's skull? also crystal skull. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about crystal skull. I just finished crystal skull an hour ago, so it's very fresh on my mind. You've got you've been given the massive information dump that Kate Blanchett gets at the end. Yeah, I the, know all knowledge. Straight in. Yeah. I I mean I think it's just I I just tweeted about it. And I think I put it as simply as you possibly can with a picture of that guy standing up in the crowd. The Norman Rockwell painting. The Norman Rockwell painting with the tag Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a good movie. I agree with you, Dan. I think it is a very fine movie. I think the the thing with Crystal Skull that I find really fascinating is that it obviously took forever to be made. And... I read a really interesting review that David Elrit did for IndieWire on Dial of Destiny talking about, you know, why he likes Kingdom of the Crystal Skull so much and his kind of frustrations with Dial of Destiny in regards to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and contextualizing Kingdom of the Crystal Skull almost as like a proto-Last Jedi and that it was a formative moment of internet backlash um, that really kind of reduced the film to three key elements. The nuked fridge... Yep. The CGI. I agree. The CGI and Shia LaBeouf. And I thought it was such an interesting read for me because I totally agree that that movie, despite having very obvious flaws, the principal one, I think, being that outside of the first act, it's quite an ugly-ishly shot film. I think Yanis Kaminsky doesn't really match Douglas Slocum's work on the first three. No, you're not wrong there. And the, um, the the visual effects do start to age a exactly. little poorer as the movie goes on. And I gen- generally get the sense that Spielberg is less interested in aliens as George Lucas is, which obviously, you know, he's... Um, I don't know if you saw that clip doing the rounds. It was on the making of Crystal Skull. Um, it was Spielberg talking about how long it took to get this movie made and how Lucas was kept, kept on asking, like, we should do aliens, we should do aliens. And Spielberg was like, nah, I don't want to. And then Lucas was like, okay they're interdimensional beings or i'm sorry 
they're interdimensional beings. And that's kind of how, you know, that came about. And you can really tell there was a really good review that I saw where it was like, compare the exposition scenes and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to stuff in Raiders or Temple or Last Crusade that aren't as invested, which I totally do see. However, apart from that, I think the film is a perfect distillation of the, the premise, the foundations of the series. And I think the thing that we'll get into here and discuss, which is something that I've only really come to appreciate over the past couple of weeks, is that there are two kind of key magnetic pulls of, the, of Indiana Jones as a series. You kind of have the Raiders pull, which I think is maybe led by Spielberg to want to return it to that Raiders kind of formula. And then you have Lucas, who wants to push it in different directions and really lean into different kind of, you know, um, homages to the adventure serials that Indiana Jones was inspired by, which again is why I'll I'll go into Temple of Doom and why I think that's such a great thing. With Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, it makes perfect sense for a 50-set indie movie to be about alien sci-fi, science fiction, was the predominant you know, <laughs> genre. It was the big obsession of that decade. You had the space race, the Roswell landings, you know, a movie set in 1957, a decade prior. And then the Cold War too. And I think Crystal Skull, for the most part, it taps into all of those things really, really well. And also the idea of, you know, Indy reckoning with his own mortality and kind of, you know, watching the nation that he'd been a part of, how that's changing post-war reckoning with the consequences of the war that it touches on in a really sensitive way I think in the after the opening introduction is kind of finished with um and I think that overall despite some very obvious blemishes like the cinematography as we get into the Amazon jungle like the kind of almost disinterested exposition the film is still highly entertaining and kinetic in a way that only Spielberg's movies are. I mean, the 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 opening sequence is great, and then also the um the stuff where with with the greasers and the uh and the the college kids on the campus, like that stuff is amazing. And I also absolutely adore Karen Allen in that film. She yeah, and Harrison I, Ford have I, such amazing chemistry. She's fantastic in both movies, and I'll get more to her in Raiders when we get to wherever Raiders is in our rankings. She's great she's she's so great and she's she's possibly not i know these movies are so well regarded but i almost think she's not spoken enough about in the talk about great female leads in these types of movies she's so good in them and i admittedly don't know if i've seen her in that much else to be honest um and that is a fault on my part i just i've only seen this movie twice kingdom of the crystal skull i've seen it in 2008, in the cinema, I was 15 years old, as I stated. I think I liked every blockbuster I ever went to see at 15 years old. <laughs> Especially so, Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> no, even I, yeah, sorry, sorry to our fellow patriots. As, uh, I was a mark for the... that movie when it came out. <laughs> Dark of the Moon is good. I, um, yeah, I, I, I liked, I was, I was an easy please then. I'm the guy who like came out of most movies and was like oh shit that was that was so good because it was there was just big action in it so then i kind of spent 15 years being like how am i gonna feel about kingdom of the crystal skull 
I just never really got round to rewatching it. And then obviously now I have the perfect excuse because Dial the Destiny's out tomorrow, and I was like, I, I want to rewatch the whole franchise. I hadn't seen Temple of Doom in a long time either. And I, yeah, I just found myself really enjoying it. It's it's a fun movie. It's still very much a Spielberg movie. John Williams is killing it as always. And I just this you you realise that all the talk about when people go Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a bad movie, they're talking about three scenes. Yeah, exactly. They're talking about. <laughs> The fridge, which I've always enjoyed. It's a fun little scene. The fridge is great. Fridge is CGI good. actually holds up on that as well. They're talking that's, about... Honestly, that's the best shot in the movie. Not to interrupt you, but it's the best shot in the movie of him looking up at the nuclear fireball and defying, like, atomic annihilation. It's cool. It's, it's cool. It's a great shot. They're talking about that scene. They're talking about Shia LaBeouf swinging on vines, which, all right, a little cheesy. Doesn't really go on that long and I don't think warrants the sort of discussion it has. It's about four shots of the movie, um, and I didn't actually think was that bad at all this time around. And they talk about the ending with the aliens, which I 100% agree with you that when he's making an Indiana Jones movie set in the 50s, and Indiana Jones has got this kind of pulp hero vibe to him, it fits that he then faces off again. Well, faces off isn't exactly the right term, but he he discovers or or gets involved with a, a plot involving aliens. My only issue with the ending is I think they take it a beat too far. I think it's it makes... I like that they get there and they see the crystal sort of bodies of the aliens and I like the kind of alien appearing to Kate Blanchett and, and the, the portal appearing. I don't think you need Indiana Jones watching the spaceship fly off at the end. I think the thing with it is that it reminds me a lot of the finale of The Mummy Returns where you have a lot of like, because it's the same thing. Like, you know, the ancient city gets swallowed up after activating a, a mechanism in a pyramid. You know, um, it's very similar to that. And I totally agree. I think I think it would have been sm- a smarter move to leave it on the the actual like the remnants of the civilization rather than have the walking yeah, alien. Or if you're going to do an alien, lean into practical effects because clearly, you know, the CG here is jarring to look at. It's it's kind of always got a similar vibe to like uh, like X Files to me, Indiana Jones, in a way that like Indiana Jones sees all this crazy shit, but he's never quite like a, a an out a believer, huge believer of everything. Like he he's he's not he's not quite there where he's like looking for a rational explanation, but he's always trying to look for the the answers. And in a way, sort of in the in in Raiders, he almost doesn't kind of see a lot of it. And I think they just show the character a little too much in this with, with that. Like, I wish you'd just seen the kind of city crumbling and what happened to Kate Blanchett as the audience and not necessarily had him see a giant UFO flying saucer. It's 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 just a beat too far for me. And I, I, I only clocked that an hour ago when I was finishing the movie. <laughs> but I yeah, I think just the other two parts that I'm on about just get way too much flack. It's like why are we nitpicking at just one little bit where Shia LaBeouf's swinging on some vines? It lasts, it's 10 seconds of screen time. It's literally a case of just the internet gets its hooks into a movie and then narratives perpetuate and then people get into that spiral. Like, I think it's just, like, it really frustrates me because I think what we have here, despite its warts, is actually a really, like, melodic movie. And I love the note that it ends on. Um, because it sums up like it not only do you give Andy his happy ending you have that great bit where it teases you with like oh is Shia LaBeouf gonna pick up the hat and yeah, Harrison the passing Ford's of the like eh, eh. 
Yeah, it's like, nah, Indy will always be me. There'll only there'll only be one Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, and we fucking know that. I never want to see another person play Indiana Jones. That's just that's just how you it know is. we're going think. to. Well, it doesn't mean I have to like it. I, I know. I'm just Kim, saying it's going to have to like it. <laughs> I'm just saying it's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to the next one. Right. Um, do you want to go first this time? I'll ju- I'll tell you what my next one is. My number three is Temple of Doom. Right. Okay. I knew this was coming. Yeah, see, this is why I was like, do we have this discussion now? Well, no, it's good to have this discussion now because it's all fresh in my brain and I can really get yeah, into yeah, okay, it. Because okay. it's a thing that I'm really excited to talk about. Um, so yeah, growing up, Temple of Doom was always the one. And you know, historically, consensus has, has said that Temple of Doom is the, the, the ugly duckling of the original the original trilogy, the idea that it was like a really dark about face from the adventurous tones of Raiders of the Lost Ark was met with a lot of controversy when it released and then Last Crusade was a corrective kind of measure where they pulled it back more to what people liked about the original film. And growing up I'd always enjoyed Temple but I'd found uh, Willie Scott to be quite an annoying character Um, and you know certain aspects of the film I feel like you know just in, the, the pace is a little bit less adventurous. Like, you know, there's not really that globetrotting vibe. So I think as a kid, even though I enjoyed it, it was always like, well, I'd rather watch Last Crusade because there are more action set pieces. But going into well, re-watching Temple of Doom the other weekend, i struggling to think of a film that I have come around on in terms of like, not just like, you know, going from liking a movie to like flat out adoring it and putting it in my like top top two or three spielberg movies i think it is the best in the series um which i know people are gonna laugh at but the I, thing i is, don't think you're gonna get as many naysayers in that, no I because i the, 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 let me the reason why i think temple of doom is the best indiana jones movie is i like how nasty it is i really really enjoy the horror and the mean streak the movie has because i think it taps into the ugly origins of the inspirations behind Indiana Jones and those 30s adventure serials that did have kind of blemishes and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Temple of Doom does not have a gl- like kind of really garish elements to it like the dinner scene is kind of horrific um, that is the thing but it's not a mean movie it's got a lot of heart and I kind of feel like out of the entire series i think there's a strong argument to say that last crusade is like the most heartfelt character-driven adventure that we get because it's so obviously dialed into the relationship between indy and his father the thing that i love about temple of doom is that it's really romantic and it's also brimming with affection and the adventure here isn't you know, the adventure, all the Indiana Jones adventures, it's not about to retrieve some mystical artifact. There is also, there's always a greater thing at play. You know, like with Raiders, it's a case of like, you know, the 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 battling against the, the most evil force ever assembled in like modern history. Uh, in The Last Crusade, it's a case of like, you know, Indy and his father coming to terms with the fact that they've lost their relationship and learning to live without their goal. Like learning to let go of the things that, aren't important and to dial into that with temple of doom it's like a case of well this is about humanity this is about survival it's about kind of doing something because it's right 
we have that whole great quote at the beginning where it's you know it's indies talking to short round it's like fortune and glory kid fortune and glory but it's always kind of like a well yeah you think it's fortune and glory but also you know you're going to be doing this because you're a bit of a hero and I love how much this movie is about Indy embracing his destiny as a hero and just going to town on some deeply awful people and being that kind of character. I also absolutely fucking love what they do with Short Round here. Like, Ki Hui Kwan is incredible in this film. It's one of the greatest child actor performances of all time. Absolutely beautiful. And there's the, the scene where Indy is brainwashed and he hits short round and short round is pleading with him to wake up out of the trance and he starts crying and he says i love you indy i genuinely my heart broke like rewatching this like the other weekend i couldn't like it was just i was so roped in so the, all of that i love the action set pieces are great but it's also i think the most visually compelling movie in the series i think what slocum and spielberg do here is on an entirely other level you have all those gorgeous matte paintings. Like, the way they capture the dusk and twilight in this film is is ridiculous. Like, there's that bit where, after landing in Mayapur... And I haven't even gone into the intro here, which is the amazing Anything Goes number at the Club Obi-Wan, where they do the whole James Bond routine, and it's absolutely stunning. But there's this great shot where Indy, and I think Short Round's with him... They're on the hill at Mayapur overlooking the village and is that the the sun sunset painting is the background and they're looking over it and it's just their silhouettes as they're preparing to go out on their big adventure. It's just absolutely beautiful. And then when you get to Pankot Palace itself, the set design here, it's on it's it's otherworldly. It's absolutely brilliant what they constructed here. Whether it's like the interiors of the palace itself or the thuggy cult's lair which is just so immaculately dressed and lit. And then you have, at the same time, the the, the fucking underworld, mine, mining underworld, where the, where the children of Mayapur are basically toiling away. And you have all the minecart stuff, a mixture of, you know, miniatures, full sets and stuff. Um, and then all the stuff that ILM did. It is just technically, I think, on a technical level... And a visual level, it is the most compelling indie movie to watch. But I think when I add those things together and I get the romance, I get the nastiness, I get the horror, I get a version of Indiana Jones that's, that I feel like realises the concept's potential to its fullest extent. And I do, when I then went into Last Crusade after this, and I still had a great time with it, and I felt the Raiders comparisons really seeping in, the, the thing that was in the back of my mind was like if Temple of Doom wasn't so kind of like you know controversially received you know it's still a well-received film but like seen as like a, oh what have they done kind of move and there wasn't a compulsion from Spielberg to want to go back to a more you know comfortable space um I wonder what kind of genre mashups what well, genre mashups rather but what kind of tonally different adventures we could have gotten like, everyone a day thinks of Indiana Jones. They think of the globe-trotting globe map playing across a, a globe, you know, charting their course across whatever. I'm just curious what could have been if it... If Temple had... If Temple had been more willingly embraced. And I totally think there are, you know, things to, to criticise or whatever. But those flaws, they really... They really, Like, 
I was watching it and I was like, I am just absolutely in love with this film. So that's my piece on Temple of Doom, a, a film that I have completely come around on as now my favorite of the series. You make a lot of very good points. And I still want to... I'm going to sound more negative because we we kind of said this in a recent episode when you were kind of saying that about Face Off that you felt like you were being a little too harsh on Face Off because I was splashing so much love on Face Off. And it's it's going to be a similar concept here. It's, it's a good movie. On a technical level, it's fantastic. The set pieces are great. The action is, is really good. The set design is phenomenal. The visual effects for their time hold up. There's so much to love about it. Um, the the opening sequence in Shanghai is one of my favorite parts of the whole franchise, and I I wish there was kind of more of that. Indiana Jones doing a slight bit of James Bond in in the franchise later on, and I I I'd love that whole sequence. The the thing I don't kind of fully agree with you on, and when I say I don't agree with you, it's that you are right in what you say about what's there, but I don't buy into it as much. There is a a darker kind of nastier streak to temple of doom but i think it's too much for me and i don't mean that in the sense of like i don't want to sound like one of those people who like is got going this weird sort of puritan way of not wanting to see any violence or sex in their movies anymore because i bring it on it just it it doesn't quite fit the tone of indiana jones for me indiana jones is much more light-hearted serial adventure that as as the kind of mystery is solved of the movie is punctuated by a small moment of kind of nastiness and horror in the realization of what is happening and i think last crusade does that really well i think raiders does it probably better than almost any movie in existence and i even think kingdom of the crystal skull despite my talk about it going a little too far does it well as well this just kind of stretches it out too long and it 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 it, the, the the kind of entire last hour is is dark and there's some fun to be had but i don't think it's and i'm 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 sounding kind of reductive in the way i'm talking about it but it's just not fun enough for me i don't think you're being reductive at all i guess my question would be is like you you've you've discussed there of like an idea of what indiana jones is and i feel like that kind of comes into my idea of like temple of doom was only the second film in the series but immediately you have that idea of Indiana Jones as being like that formula. Like you have that lighthearted kind of almost, you know, whimsical degree of adventure that has to end with a moment of horror. And for me, Temple of Doom upsets that formula. And I think that's a more exciting vision of that series. Yeah, and I I, I, I don't disagree with you. And I, I get your point in saying like what it could have been if they'd kind of continued with that. But... I, d- I don't know, and I, I almost find it hard to explain that just something about it never hits as well for me, because I, I, I watch it and I go, on a technical level, this is amazing. The the, the fight scenes are really good, and, and there is fun to be had in the minecart chase and stuff like that, but I don't feel like I'm kind of having that fun... I don't feel like there's that fun energy to it that is there to the other movies. Okay. And these, the, the first and third movies are some of the best for me for just having like a fun adventure. I, I want it to feel like an adventure when I'm watching an Indiana Jones movie. And this one, when it gets to the temple itself, feels less of an adventure to me and feels more of a horror movie. And I, I just, that that's not what I want out of Indiana Jones, personally. And 
again, I'm sounding negative on it. It's a good movie. It's I. Oh no, no, I said no, it's third. I think I like it better than Crystal Skull. Um, I think there's so much great stuff to it. I think Harrison Ford's really good. Um, I think Ki Hoi Kwan is, oh, mate, is I just, phenomenal. I just the line. Go on. Prepare to meet Kali in hell. The way his eyes widen it's when great. he does that. Oh man. I there's there's a couple of things I think he's missing. Like I very much miss Marcus Brody in this movie, who is a great character mm, and has one of my it, favorite yeah. moments of the franchise in, in Last Crusade. Um, I have one big big hold up with Temple of Doom, and this is where my hot take is going to come in in a minute. Like this isn't the hot take just yet. I fucking hate the character of Willie Scott so much. Right, I'm going to defend Willie Scott. Okay? Right, so, the thing is, with Willie, like, the thing about Willie, <laughs> the thing about <laughs> Willie, um, I used to find her really irritating when I was when I was growing up. Um, but I think what really re- worked for me on this most recent rewatch is that she's a glamorous singer. Right. She's a glamorous singer, Obviously, it's really annoying watching her freak out about bats and creepy crawlies and, you know, laughing at, like, well, like, you know, freaking out about food and, and whatever. Um, but it fits the... Ca- like, it's 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 the deliberate function of the character. Like, the character is meant to grate a little in places. Um, and and she's not, she's not meant to be Marion. She's meant to be someone who is more, like... You know, yeah, she's she's not like a Hawksian woman. She's just like a glamorous superstar who accidentally comes along the adventure. Yeah, and I get that. And I'm not necessarily saying bring back Marion Ravenwood or let's have a second Marion Ravenwood. But when you have such a fully rounded character like Marion Ravenwood in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you replace her with a character who whose it's more kind of like a sole oil. purpose of the I wouldn't even go that far. Like her sole purpose in the movie is to scream and be a damsel in distress, and it just feels really regressive from the first movie. In a way, like I, I think Raiders does such a good job with with rounding out its characters, and I think this does a really good job with like short round for rounding out its character. And I, but I just think Willie Scott is just the most. I just think she's a boring damsel in distress character. Kate Capshaw in Temple of Doom is doing as good a performance as she can give. Kate Capshaw, who I had no idea, is married to Spielberg. Have you never seen the making of Temple of Doom documentary? No. They married Dude, like seven years later, right? Well, they fell in love on the set of this. Yeah, yeah, basically. I didn't know that. And it's so, it's so cute. Like, so and you can, like that, that from the, it just completely recontextualizes that anything goes opening. Because you can just tell that Spielberg is like, in love with this person i mean why not she's absolutely stunning and yeah she's beautiful she does a great job at what she's given my issue is what she's given is just to me such a significant downgrade from marion in the first movie i just think they they have such a strong female character in raiders who was the kind of character that wasn't seen as much in movies at that time and then she just gets replaced by this kind of stock damsel in distress character who just, I, I don't know what it is, just, and I, I just struggled to, I don't want to say she's unlikable because it's like, characters in movies don't have to be likable, let's not 
they're not there for you to like them necessarily. But I just didn't enjoy watching, is a, is a better way to word it. They don't let her have a, a, any sort of major great moment at the end. There's no development to that character this, to me. But this is, this is partially the charm of Temple for me, is that it leans into the kind of more... I guess you could call it black and white elements of like those adventure serials. Like it makes sense for Indy at this point to maybe just have a damsel in distress who he falls in love with. The rest of the movie is really good. It's just, I think the, the kind of meaner streak it's got to it just doesn't quite work as well for me. But then I think when you look at it from a perspective of filmmaking, it's phenomenally done. I liked what, what I do like very much about it is that they could have very much easily made another Indiana Jones versus Nazis movie. Which I, I appreciate when people say Last Crusade is a bit of a retread because it is Indiana Jones versus Nazis. I would not argue against that that take, that criticism. Um, and I do like that this is Indiana Jones against a, a, a different kind of villain. And I think what what's good about it is that there is some culturally ignorant stuff in this movie. Like that dinner scene is is it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's over the top and not in a good way. Um, but I also don't necessarily think the villains are portrayed in a in a racist way. It leans into the 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 nasty roots of I guess what you could call the source material, not the source material. It's inspirations without going too far overboard. Apart from that scene that we've mentioned, that that one scene is if you took that out, I think. I, and I, that's that's kind of the 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 third act is the last hour really is nonstop action. And it's beautifully done, all of it. The, the the like the the from the moment where Indy snaps out of his trance, and um, you have that I forget who shared it the other day, um, but when he snaps out of his trance and it pans up to the the mine area, and then it's the guy who's been abusing the kids, and he just looks up, and there's Indy stood full frame. And then the camera cuts away and you just hear smack and his yeah, body great. goes flying. Oh my Ford, god. Ford's looking good Absolutely too. Absolutely adore that. Oh, it's his you know sexiness. Can we go series. back to Crystal Skull just for one minute? Yes, absolutely. Because you know what my biggest take from Crystal Skull was? In 2008, when we saw Crystal Skull when it released, we were like, oh, Crystal Skull is the old man Indiana Jones movie. He's like 60. And now obviously, Dial of Destiny is the old man Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, he's like 65 in in, yeah. in Crystal Skull. Ford looks good in Crystal Skull. Oh, he really does. There's a scene where they're like hosing him down after the nuclear bomb goes off. And I was like, Ford's, Ford looks jacked. He looks great. Yeah, we should move on to the next thing. I mean, I guess I should tell you my number three so you can talk about your favorite indie movie. Um, and that's uh, Last Crusade, which again, I think I've already said my piece on this one. Almost in my piece. Not all my piece, but I've, I basically just said that it was my favorite growing up. I still love it, um, but the the Raiders' retreadiness of it all um, didn't excite me as much as Temple's departure from the quote unquote formula. Um, I think it's a be- I think it's beautifully shot. I think it's probably it's got the best action in the entire series. You know, Sean Connery gives one of his all time best performances as. Henry Jones Sr. in this, cast against type as a buckish and distant man. And I love, I love what it has to say about fathers and sons and the conclusion 
is just beautifully done. Um, I think it has the worst villains in the series, tragically. Um, they really don't land for me at all. They just kind of feel like generic kind of, you know, pastiches of what we got in Raiders. Wouldn't um, disagree with that. But at the same time, set pieces are great. Um, the opening is tremendous. That probably probably my favorite match cut ever. The bit where uh, fucking what's his face, the the the, the guy who inspires Indiana Jones, uh, River Phoenix, Indiana Jones, puts the hat on his on his head, and then it pans up, and you've got that bloody defiant Harrison Ford looking back at, at his captors, like he's been waiting this, and he's he's. He's been through, he's been kicking ass since he was a fucking young boy and now he's going to kick their asses and yeah, I mean I suppose you should, it is the definitive dad movie indie in the, the definitive indie dad movie. It is. I adore this movie. And I thought I was going to have a similar experience because I've seen Last Crusade so many times. It's the Indiana Jones I've seen the most. It's probably in my top 10 all-time oh, yeah. favorite movies. Watched Last Crusade a couple of years ago. Uh, sorry, apologies. I watched Raiders last a couple of years ago. And I always enjoyed Raiders a lot, but I was like never quite getting to the level of love for it that other people were. And we'll we'll get to it. I keep saying that, but we'll get to it. But my rewatch this week made me get to that level. So I watched Raiders and I was like, oh, am I still going to think Last Crusade is my favorite one? And then I watched Temple of Doom, and I kind of had that same feeling where I liked it but didn't love it. And then I just got Last to Last Crusade, and I was just remembering all the stuff I, I truly love about it. And I think th- there is a, a valid... I almost don't want to say criticism, but there is a valid point in saying that it retreads a lot of the type of story arc that Raiders does. But when it's done well, I don't think there's a negative to a franchise sticking to its formula, as long as it's it's done in the right way and that's the problem with a lot of movies nowadays is movies are sticking to their formulas but not putting the effort in to make those formulas work as well as they should but at the same time there is obviously it is great to see franchises escape from their formulas i'm, I'm not you know but last I think crusade there's a balance in doing both ways it a formula though that's that's the only thing and I yeah, do yes, think it is yeah. like, you know, Spielberg wanted to get back to more of the tradition of Raiders, which is fine. You know, it's it's his baby. It's his and Lucas's baby. Um, and I still think what they achieve here is great. But is it, is it John? Is it, who is it? It's, it's Veers from Empire Strikes Back who plays the uh, the main American Nazi. Yeah, Donovan. Is it is it John Glover? Julian Glover. Julian Glover. And... Yeah, like I think I think he's just kind of there and um Elsa they try and like give her like some sympathy which I think is completely unearned. Um They I... can never quite figure out what to do with Elsa. Yeah, she's a bit of a flip-flop character. Um and then they do kind of redo that character in a way with Ray Winston in Kingdom of the Crystal oh, Skull. Oh, to be fair, I think I think Ray Winston's a I can't believe we didn't mention Ray Winston in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, we didn't bring oh, he's he's, he's good. He's that. a good character. It's like I'm a double agent. But <laughs> As soon as, because I got I got kind of however long it is into Last Crusade when they got to the castle, and I was sort of having the take of like I'm really enjoying this, but maybe I like Raiders better. And I I tweeted this the other day because I was like I don't think the movie needs life bringing to it at that point, but as soon as Sean Connery enters the picture, the amount of extra life that is brought to this movie is insane. 
and that's where i think it, it moves away from the raiders retread where it follows similar beats but it does them very differently and it does the best character work in the entire franchise and it, it there's there's so much great action and there's a really fun streak to it and it's 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 i think it's so funny as well oh it's hilarious it's so, he, he, it's so the, the, the bit where it's like um it's good luck finding him Marcus knows every language. He's got friends Great. on every corner of the thing. He's like, hello, does anyone speak English? <laughs> I've seen it a dozen times. And watching the bit where um, Indy and his dad get off the blimp onto the plane. And his dad What's has happening to at 11 o'clock? Senior <laughs> has to shoot down the other plane. I was cackling, laughing. The bit where he spins the gun round and destroys the, the tail of their own I'm sorry, plane son. And turns around they to him and he's like, they got us. <laughs> I was I was laughing so hard and I was like, how is something I've seen this many times making me laugh this much? Yeah, totally. And it was like I'd never seen it before. That and, I, and I, the, just, the... I just love how chastened like like Ford because we talk about Connery and Last Crusade as being the secret source, and he is the secret source of that movie. Um, I just love how it retunes Ford's performance as Indy, you know, who we've come to know in the previous two films as this really authoritative, strong, dominant male lead. And as soon as we get to this, he's still that, but he's also still yearning for that that approval from his dad that he's never gotten. So he's constantly like, he doesn't want to let him down. It's why he's the man it's he is. It's just, honestly, what they... It's one of the best pieces of movie chemistry ever. They are absolutely terrific together. And there's not a dramatic age gap between. It's like 15 years, either, isn't it? I believe. Yeah, and you, you, but you buy it because they, they kind of definitely, obviously, age up Connery in this because he's probably in his 50s at the yeah. time or, or maybe early 60s. Uh, I think he was what in his 90s when he died a couple. I think he was like 57, back. 58 um, when he did this. Connery's performance is just incredible, and it, it's it's crazy to think this is the same man who was once James Bond. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go if you or, go back or, to um, sorry, if you go back to the early 70s when he's like balding, it's so weird how quickly he seems to age. Because by the time you get to Never Say Never, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got the toupee on. Um, he looks like he he, he like went to. It like he, it's like he skipped the age 40 altogether and went straight to 50. <laughs> <laughs> but he feels older than this than he does in, like... And I guess that's it's purposeful, but he feels older than this than he does in, like, The Rock or League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Like, he's he's got such a great range to him, and I think there's no better movie that showcases that range than, than Last Crusade. And his chemistry with Ford is just... It's beautiful. It's so good. Like, like the back, like the the mixture of like disapproval and also affection, and like, I it, it pays off in one of the all time great emotional narrative conclusions, where it's the finale and Indies and Indies trying so desperately to seek that approval from his dad after saving his life, saying, "Dad, I can reach it," and at that point you know, Henry is like, let it go, son. Let it go, Indiana. Calls him by, they calls calls him him by his yeah, name. Yeah. You know, let it go. And it's not only just, Junior. it's not even like he's telling Indy to let go. He's telling himself to let go of the passions that have basically, you know, imposed themselves. Sep- yeah, imposed themselves on his, on his familial relationships. And it's a beautiful, beautiful conclusion. And I can see 
it's it's i'm gonna say it now i think it's the definitive text on dads and movies it's just beautifully <laughs> done i it yeah it's i just i love everything i think the action set pieces are my favorite of the franchise oh by far um, the best yeah there's a really fun kind of james bondy moment with the whole like speedboat chase which i which i oh love. the bit where he's interrogating it's the guy and the, 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 the propellers so chopping good. it up oh yeah. yeah a really great set piece um the the whole uh tank set piece is tank my is favorite incredible. thing in the entire franchise um some just really great that is also my favorite joke that whole set when piece. they're looking over the cliff which one and, and indy comes up behind them oh. and they're all looking <laughs> up i thought i lost you boy <laughs> oh. i and it's it, i one of the things i'd love about the formula of the indiana jones movies that that temple of doom doesn't do but i don't mind that it doesn't do is that it's never they've never got a particularly action-packed finale the finales are a little no i don't want to say quieter but they they focus more on the the mystery and the 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 how how would you say it the you know you know what i'm trying yes. to say kind of the mystery of what's going on the answers and it, it doesn't just lead to indiana jones fighting and punching nazis there's there's a real sense of wonder to it and i don't think any movie does that better than than last crusade the whole sequence of of indy going through the kind of three tests i'd love I love so much because it it's it's the best example of showing how good Indiana Jones is at what he does, how incredibly switched on he is, and also how cool he is <laughs> when he's like dodging saw old timey saw blades. And I think it's the best part of the movie in in showing that despite their differences, there's so much similarity between Indy and his dad in the way that they're thinking about the tests that are happening and they're saying the same things at the same time away from each other and i i i love it anytime i get the chance to say jehovah starts with an i it's i will i will i will pull it's, it out it's great right because throughout the entire film you ha- I, what i love about it is that when the mystery of the grail is brought to indy's doorstep first by donovan he, he gets excited by it and then as soon as he thinks of his dad, he's like, oh, you don't want me, you want my dad, and I'm resentful about my dad. And then constantly he's getting excited about the grail, but is constantly having to tone that down because he knows that the grail, the pursuit of the grail, has brought him so much personal misery uh, and like has put him at a, at a move from a remove from his father. But that bit at the end where he has studied the diary so much that he knows each step and is like listened to his dad and stuff it's just a great example of like his love like his son's love for their dad and how it will endure those moments where maybe there is a bit of distance i think it's just a beautiful beautiful movie <laughs> it's great and and i really love the way they do it in because we haven't even we haven't even discussed the opening of the movie yet which i think is mentioned the match really cut but yeah the opening where indeed gets every every definable trait is fantastic it's well done i yeah, really like it it's done really well the whole chase is really fun river phoenix is is great god what a talent i think he nails it as a young indiana jones but what i love as well like we're talking about the relationship between him and his dad is that you don't when his he runs to his dad before getting caught you don't see his dad like they treat as him a distance as a distant as this presence distance. Yeah. yeah as this distant character that doesn't feel like a part of his life and doesn't care by never showing him on the screen, but they it's show a the dog move from Spielberg to do that. But 
but they show the dog because they're like that's how important a part the dog is on his life and how almost in a weird way this guy who's been chasing him was a more important influence on him than his own father and the whole movie is about him realizing how much of an influence his dad has been on him and you see that with the appearance and the the getting to know his dad throughout the movie so i really love that whole thing that his dad is just treated like a character who is not going to be seen again for the rest of the movie because a lot of movies would do that they would just show him as a little background character and do nothing else with it and i love that this really makes a point to do something with it yeah i i love it it's 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 not a flaw this movie Uh, and I, i i'm aware of that but I have so much, so much love for it, and I, I, I it will always be my favorite one. I, I like, you know, again, I haven't seen Dial of Destiny, but it, it could be a five star movie, and I still just don't imagine ever thinking I'll love it as much as Last Crusade. Yeah, I mean that's beautifully well said. Um, yeah, so that was like my third one, but I need to reemphasize that like uh, the the top three here is like it's all very, very, very narrow margins, and this is a series that we all dearly love. Um, I'm guessing uh, two for you is Raiders then. Yes. Which is also my number two. (laughs) So. (laughs) Well, we've got into it. It works out perfectly. And it's interesting because I think I I agree with you. Like when I was growing up, like I really enjoyed Raiders. But I always found that like after that amazing opening, when I was a kid, it didn't really hold my attention as much as Last Crusade. Um but rewatching it, like it's just it's beautifully, beautifully well done. The, the opening is is immortal for a reason. Like I have barely any criticisms to say about this film, other than that I think the pace maybe lags towards the uh, conclusion of the second act. And um, this there... was the watch that I finally upgraded it to five stars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always been a four and a half star movie. Now, no, this is this is five stars. Were, I have very, I have the most hilariously on brand you and nitpicks here because there oh, are just there are some tiny, tiny historical inaccuracies here, man. Right. So, what the movie that set in 1937, I believe, 1937. Um, what are the Nazis doing in Egypt, which was a British colony at the time? They wouldn't have been allowed in. Um, <laughs> What are they doing wielding... They're such different people, what, this shit. What are they doing wielding MP40s? It's not 1940, they weren't around yet. And also there's a bit at the end of the movie where Indiana Jones busts out an RPG-7 like it's the Cold War. That's it. That's it. That's all, Those are the tiny nitpicks. I would like to answer your question with two words. Go on. It's cool. Ah, uh, but yeah, yeah, you know. But that's it. That's literally it. That's all that's that. That's just a dumb little history. It. It's... Foible. It doesn't deserve any oxygen whatsoever. So if you're going to comment on my historical inaccuracy points, <laughs> stop yourself right now. Go for it, Twitter. <laughs> it's one of the. It's it, Indiana Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of the best blockbusters of all time. Arguably, objectively, the best blockbuster of all time. Um, this together with Jaws, you know, this really cements Lucas and Spielberg's new age of filmmaking. You know, it does reset the genre landscape together. You know, George, Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, Close Encounters a few years prior as well. Like, these films do reset everything. And it's great. It's strange because I feel like I have the least to say about this movie because everyone has already gone over it in such detail. Um, Yeah, smarter people than me have said 
all the things that need to be said about Raiders. <laughs> like, the best contribution I can add to Raiders here, apart from, you know, my insightful comment about historical inaccuracy, <laughs> um, is I absolutely adore... I think my favourite scene in the movie is the, the Nepalese bar, where Indy meets Marion again and reinserts himself into her life. I think that entire sequence is so artfully orchestrated from the moment that you know you have the drinking contest to the bit where Indy walks in and his shadow is projected onto the wall and Karen Allen is just smiling kind of like what the fuck are you doing here you know I love all of that and then to top that all off with the introduction of the charismatic Nazis and the bit where you know they have the gunfight and the fist fight in in the bar you know yeah, burning really his hand on 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 the like the medallion it's just exceptional like i love the opening i absolutely adore the opening i love the the runway scene where he's battling the fucking wrestler and splatters him against the propeller yeah, movies the, don't on have the, that on the flying anyway. wing um but then the the nepal scene is one of my favorite like movie scenes of all time it is absolutely brilliant it's, it's phenomenal and this this watch really cemented how great i think both karen allen's performance and the character of marion ravenwood is in this movie that it's it's in this type of movie where you've got that kind of rugged hero and you've got that kind of female lead that is often not much more than a love interest for the time she's she's an incredibly strong character who is just as capable as indiana jones has so many great moments has as many great moments as ford does and just gives a hell of a performance she is and when they bring her back for kingdom of this crystal skull it's like they've never been apart what exactly that's one of the things that they play off so well in that movie i mean i love what they do with her and balak here as well like i love how she just basically toys with him and i think balak is a great great character that i think maybe the film could could do a bit more with. I like how yeah, he's, he's an like, absolute scuzzball immediately. Well, I like how he's kind of well, not the Moriarty to 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 you know Indiana's Sherlock because he. I don't think he's an equal at all. Like he gains what Indiana does, but through like fi- like through resourcefulness rather than actual ingenuity and independence. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like how he is like the anti Indiana. I really like that about the character, um, and I just you know what else is there to say about this film it's fucking indiana jones fucking up some nazis you know cosmic vengeance being wreaked upon the most despicable bastards that history is fucking plagued us with it's iconic cinema and it's just fucking fantastic to watch it's to just go into one point we haven't talked about because we were talking about how one of the things that is a that struggles a little bit with kingdom of the crystal skull is the visual effects the visual effects in Raiders are phenomenal. Oh, they're beautiful. They're all really well they, done. They hold up better than almost any movie that's ever been made. The, 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 the obviously the scene everyone goes to is the people's face melting and heads exploding. The, the dead Alfred Molina is a great visual effect. But I love, I love that moment. It really stood out to me when he is walking back through the, t- the sort of temple at the beginning, and he sees Alfred Molina's character having been like pierced by all oh, those yeah, yeah. blades. And I was like, that, that, that body looks amazing, and it's terrifying <laughs> as well. Spielberg's so good at that. Like one of the, I didn't see Jaws till I was like twenty six. Oh damn, dude! It was a late watch for me. Wow. And I remember watching it on my own in the flat I lived in at the time. My girlfriend at the time was in bed, and I just put Jaws on because someone at work had been like 
going on about Jaws that entire day. So I went, you know what, I'm going to finally watch Jaws. And the scene when, is it Richard Dreyfuss that swims to the boat? Yes, yeah. And the head comes out the boat. Yeah. Is one of the most, the biggest things that shit me up in a movie ever. Beautiful. And I remember going, I remember seeing my mum the next day and saying, I watched Jaws for the first time last night and it had one of the moments that scared me more than anything in a movie. And she immediately went, oh, when the head comes out of the boat. And I went, oh yeah, it scared the hell out of me. And as a guy who's not really done a whole lot of straight horror, has, has Spielberg ever done, outside of the rumour that he directed Poltergeist, has Spielberg ever done a straight horror movie? I don't think he has. I was about to say Poltergeist, which is, <laughs> depend, depend, depending on on who you ask you know there are a lot of people who say that's like there are people close to toby hooper who are very much like that is toby hooper's movie but there are also a lot of credible accounts about spielberg being heavily involved in the but is, is there a an actual credited steven spielberg horror movie am i being dumb well right jaws now? yeah I, I guess yeah i guess jaws is a horror movie jaws is a horror movie jaws is absolutely yeah a of course movie. it is that's a that's a that's a that's a really i am being dumb <laughs> Um, I guess, no, I guess fair, there's a there, little bit of a horror tinge to Jewel we, as well. We can, I mean, there's adventure of, in Jaws. Well, I think that's why I'm not thinking of it. Temple of Doom fits the bill. I mean, actually, Dan, have you ever seen Duel? Yes, yeah, Jewel, Jewel's great. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's mean, the one I was just thinking of. Was yeah. like close to War of the Worlds like feels like a horror movie. Um, I, think... I, I had a weird uh, experience with Jewel. I, War of the Worlds rules as well, by the way. Yes, um, and I, I hope to God that i i want another spielberg cruise team up so bad and i um yeah i watched jewel a couple of years back and i just remember being really funny because i had it the wrong way around where i don't i don't know if you know this that clips from jewel were used for an episode of the incredible hulk in the 70s what so there oh is God, and the i will send you i will send Dream you a story a, a ever <laughs> <laughs> there's because uh, this, this wasn't the first time the incredible hulk did this so the, the 70s incredible hulk the bill bixby show they also used like a plane movie i forget which movie it was for for another episode um but there's a whole episode of the incredible hulk that revolves around him like facing off against some truckers and the movie the, the episode ends with like a car chase and it's him driving a car being chased by some truckers and he's like turning into the hulk as he's driving the car oh no and they I'm just turning flat into the out hulk. use <laughs> They just flat out use shots from Jewel because it would have been the and, same. And I remember network, I had, wouldn't it? I had it the yeah, I had it the weird way round where I then watched Jewel and I was like, "These are I've seen these shots before," <laughs> and I knew that they'd obviously taken it from Spielberg. I don't think Spielberg was happy about it, but they're just flat out shots from Jewel because it was and originally it, 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 commissioned as a TV movie. It was released theatrically was, in Europe, yeah. but yeah, that makes sense if it was a. Uh the same network i mean yeah universal right so uh yeah 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 yeah, yes Uh, it's just it was just a funny way around of watching it and a weird little dumb story from my film (laughs) watching um but yeah really my point is i've gone a really long way around to this point is as a guy who doesn't particularly do a lot of horror Mm -hmm. as in flat out through and through horror movies spielberg's so good at that horrifying imagery yeah. And nothing epitomizes that more than Raiders, apart from Jaws. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I think in conclusion, um, we fucking love Indiana Jones, everyone. Um, just to go over we like and confirm my rankings so far at number four, I have Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. At three, it's Last Crusade. At two, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. And at numero uno, it's Temple of Doom. Coming in at one. 
And number one, I'm doing my what? I'm doing my what culture voice now. And yeah, number get the, one, get the what culture rankings up. <laughs> hey, um, I do have a ranking video coming out this week on <laughs> excellent on indie. This Look is this is a that. sneak peek for everyone, really. I'll gauge. I know for a fact that that video is going to get so many hilariously angry comments from people being like, "Would you mean to push the best one?" And I'm like, it's almost like it's my opinion. I don't think now you're going to get as much pushback as you think i think people are coming around on temple of doom i am not one of those people necessarily give it another give it another few years like it now don't love it give it another few years it's a good movie i I give it three and a half stars (laughs) that's too low (laughs) nah basically indiana jones has two three and a half star movies and two five star movies that's the way i see it i'm not gonna get into it and we'll see tune in tomorrow well You'll have seen, by the time this episode comes out, you will know my thoughts on Dial of Destiny. I will have done a chat about it for what culture. Yeah, this is our ranking of the Indiana Jones movies, movies that we all dearly love. And even though I wasn't able to win around Dan to my Temple of Doom takes, um, we're not he living. Still thinks it's good. We're not living in a Temple of Gloom here, folks. Um, these films mean well so much to both of us. I feel like they're just absolutely. It's one gorgeous, of the best franchises ever. Gorgeous movies you know last crusade like that was my dad's favorite indie movie and it has been my favorite for so long um and it's gonna be a film that i always hold near and dear to my heart and it was lovely getting to talk about these films with you dan because yeah i, I it's, it's been great it's been a very long time since i actually sat down and rewatched these films and it's been an absolute treat a really good reminder of the level of craft and skill involved in making all of them because i feel like maybe i took indiana jones for granted the last few years and it was just nice to sit back and just go oh, the movies <laughs> i brought it back <laughs> i brought it back <laughs> right um dan where can everyone find you before we sign off um you can find me on twitter at dan greamer 92 uh, and letterboxd at dan greamer which is g-r-i-m-a um, so you can see my indiana jones ranking there you will see my dial of destiny thoughts and very soon you'll probably see me watch through the Mission Impossible franchise. Oh god, I need to do that as well. I kind of I I, I wanna do I wanna do the firm for my Tom Cruise movie. Have you ever seen the firm, Dan? I've never seen the firm. Can we can we do the firm together? We, we could do the firm. I'm, do, a, I'm a big cruise a, head. Do a little bit of the firm. Right, well yeah, this has been the Wheel of Dad Movies podcast. Before we sign off, I wanna do I wanna give I wanna I wanna be I wanna wanna really zig a zig uh I wanna thank my patrons, thank you so much to Christopher Darby, George Jackson, Thomas Mulgrew, Shaka, and Josh Brown. You are all wonderful. And yeah, remember, if you want to go support the podcast, you can do so. We are Wheel of Dad Movies on Patreon. You can, kind of, can of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Wheel of Dad Movies. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ewan Bruinslings. And I'm basically all around Ewan Patterson. Um, yeah, this has been Wheel of Dad Movies. And thank you all for listening again. And I have no idea how to sign this off in a cool and witty manner. So I'm just going to say... See ya. Bye. Bye.